0: The measuring stick I always go off of is whether or not it's nuts, you know, is it nuts to think that this is plausible, right? So from from the innovator's side, take a take a realistic look at what it is you're trying to disrupt or change, and then take a look at your plan to get there. If you can have a, an objective third party look at it and say, that's not nuts, you're probably on to something.
1: You show up for engaging conversations, we handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at ContentAllies.com.
2: Hey, leaders, welcome back. I'm Noah Tetzner, and I'm joined today by the co founder and CSO of IRA Logics, a company seeking to redefine the IRA industry through unique technology-driven solutions that help clients grow their business and better serve their customers' IRA accounts. Joe Hipsky, welcome to Leaders of B2B. Thank
0: you, Noah. Good to be here.
2: Well, it's so it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, Joe. I'm excited because the IRA industry is a fascinating one, uh, something that I'm very keen to uh, explore today on the podcast, learn a little bit more about myself. But before we get into you know all sorts of topics around this industry, I introduced you briefly at the beginning of the show but i always like to hear it sort of from the the co-founder's mouth if you will tell us about ira logics
0: yeah sure so we 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 actually turned seven in may so it's gone by quickly congratulations thank you uh yeah it's it's amazing how fast it goes but you know the collective we might the, the founding group might Two, two, other co-founders, and then the ex- extended executive group that's been with us effectively uh, since go. I mean, the collective we have, you know, more than 150 years sitting in our clients' seat. So we've seen behind the curtain. We, you know, know know what what it is and isn't capable of, and and just in general, I mean, the industry it it, it hasn't changed the way it's done things in 30 years. So. As you see the, the the 401k industry kind of consolidate, uh, and now you have a, a scenario in which you know the top 20 record keepers you know control a large percentage of the of the of the industry. The IRA market is the direct opposite. It's a highly fragmented and under and that's really a technology bottleneck. So that's what we set out to fix. Um, because what a lot of people don't understand is. The IRA space eclipsed that of the what's called the defined contribution, the four hundred one k four hundred three b space over ten years ago now in, in aggregate size, and that margin keeps spreading. But what you have is is a function of just dated tech. The result is, you know, the overwhelmingly you know large number of people are falling to the underservice market. So roughly eighty percent of all accounts are under hundred thousand or less so you know at the wirehouses and the large financial institutions that kind of that bar to get a, a one-to-one relationship with an advisor keeps going up right so we sought up to fix that layer so our, our, our you know our vision and why we're doing it is you know we we want everyone to have access to the highest quality institutional products regardless of account size or type so where that led us was to start from the ground up modern you know, cloud native record keeping and trading technology platform.
2: That's fascinating, Joe. So am I understanding correctly that in your view, the key sort of piece of the, the underservice related to this industry is the lack of one-on-one advisors
0: for clients. Is that right? Well, it's, it's, not, it's not a lack of, it's where, where, that, where that relationship stops making sense. Yeah, we, we supplement that with technology. So it gives our uh, clients the ability to effectively say yes to everybody, provide that high level and high quality product offering without the, you know, where, where the, what where, in that bar changes client to client, you know, some it's a hundred thousand, some it's 250, some it's a million, wherever that is, we supplement their business below that bar.
2: Got it. Got it. That's awesome. So, tell us about your technology. You know how you know how do you guys better serve people in this space?
0: Yeah, sure. So the the the, the analogy I like to use a lot is because I think a lot of people can get their hands around it is, you know, it, it's the shift from you know the old cathode ray tube TV to flat panel technology. So you know, with the old CRTs, you know, a forty-five inch screen weighed 75 pounds or 750 pounds and you couldn't get it through your front door and we brought out the 100 inch you know flat panel that weighs 90 right and two guys can hang it on a wall so you know it's think of it as a bundle of cloud native microservices wrapped around a general ledger held together by business rules in an auto scaling environment right so we are nimble it's it's we're not carrying around you know many layers of software fees that, you know, some of the legacy players have to pay. So just, you know, we eliminate a lot of the cost and overhead that, you know, our clients have. So we give them the ability to basically keep the account, keep all the assets under management, all their investment revenue while getting rid of the administrative burden and all the associated costs. So we're taking that kind of lower end of the market where they historically have lost money and turning it into basically pure bottom line overnight for them. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's solid. All the, while, all the while, while the account holder is getting access to institutional products. So, you know, share classes that are typically reserved for billion dollar endowment funds, right? So that, that, that account holder with $500, they, they get that level of access.
2: So, do you, you know, are you guys really servicing a diverse group of people? Is there anybody in particular that could particularly benefit from IRA logics, Or is it really something meant to serve everyone?
0: It, it, it really does. Um, so really, when you think of the IRA market, there's, there's really three main segments to it. There's the retail space, which we call voluntary market. That's your, what most people think your, your traditional rollovers. Then there's two others that are, you know, more B2B in nature, um, automatic IRAs and payroll deducted IRAs. So we, we, with the singular solution, you know, provide, you know, the ability to service all three of those pillars. And really our clients pick and choose how and where they use it and where that bar is that, you know, that one-to-one relationship makes sense. So, so no, no one particular demographic, if you will. So the, the, if you take a look at, all the institutions involved with dealing with the IRAs, it's quite broad. It's banks, credit unions, broker dealers, RIAs, in- insurance companies, mutual funds. So it touches everybody in some way. So there, there, there are you know, slightly different ways in which our clients, but largely it's, you know, it's somewhat of a catch-all.
2: Yeah. Well, do you have any, you know, obviously you've been in this for seven years with, um, you know, IRA logics, you know, when you guys founded the company and we'll get into more about that journey in a little while, is there really like a definitive reason why the space was so underserved? Because of course you guys came in with your technology and then are redefining that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, innovation is hard in general, but particularly in, you could say broadly in financial services and, you know, bank technology is the same. It is so old because you're dealing with other people's money. Your job is not to break it, right? So if, if Facebook launches something that's buggy and, you know, they, they annoy some people, if, if you, you know, break somebody's retirement saving, that's a different problem. So, so there, there's some, you know, some of the, if it's not broke, don't fix it um and, and and i think it got so far behind that the legacy stuff just can't get there from here so it, it got past the point of being able in in you know just any you know typical curve they maximized that technology and it and so you know the, the industry was just ripe for it you know interestingly enough when we started it was perfectly timed i'd like to say that was intentional it was partially intentional but you know a little bit of the good luck because when we started building it back in 2015 the industry was still like fairly split on whether or not cloud technology cloud based technology was okay the mentality was still a lot of you know on premise type deployments and that rapidly shifted very rapidly so it, it was kind of like combination of not broke don't fix it and also just adopting modern technology in general kind of those two those two forces if you will coinciding and colliding is probably the better word for it
2: yeah no doubt. Well, that's that makes perfect sense to me. That's super insightful. And you know, Joe, I know I know we're all sick and tired of talking about COVID-19, but I really think that, you know, in terms of like recessions and financial situations as a history buff, I think it's a gold mine for insight. So I'm curious, you know, and any like particular I guess what did what happened over the last two years with regard to IRA logics was it business as usual or was
0: no um, we just in particularly the second the second half of last year we've noticed a, a large acceleration towards this I mean we've we've now doubled uh, more than doubled in four consecutive years and we're going to do at least that again this year and the next two years just the nature of the business but what we've seen is you know. It, our clients in the institutions going from, yeah, we know we need a completely digital solution to we need it yesterday. You know, that's, that's what we saw. It, it, we certainly benefited from COVID. I mean, not the it's a bad way of saying it, but uh, we, we were in the bucket that it accelerated um, our business for sure.
2: No doubt, no doubt. Um, well, Joe, so we have talked about IRA Logics. It's fascinating. You know, I, I love learning about the IRA industry and sort of the the history and the landscape there. But you know, taking us back in time seven years ago to when you started the company, you know, tell us about that journey. Like, what were you doing before IRA Logics, and then how did you come to you know start this company?
0: Yeah, I, I guess I'd really have to take you back to like two thousand five. So. Okay. <laughs> It it really is just a, a culmination of my my professional journey, um, which was an extension of my private life. So I mean I was a division one uh college baseball player, career ending injury, but the, the competitive drive never leaves you. So, you know, I get I get my fix through uh early stage tech you know, companies in general. But you know, my career I'm an economist by education, my career is kind of always gravitated towards finance. And then for a while there I was you know, kind of going back and forth between large financial institutions where you get to see behind the curtain and, you know, early stage technology companies either in inside of or advising. And while I was at uh, Merrill Lynch, it kind of really had the uh, epiphany that, you know, there's, you know, so when you first got into the advisory world, it was, okay, everyone's chasing the same people, right? Everyone's going after that same upper 5%. And what do they all do? They are either executives or own a business, right? So, started looking at it as like, all right, if I'm gonna if if I'm gonna crack this nut, I'm gonna start getting in early while they're building that business, right? So that's when I first kind of looked at what was available for you know, growing companies, and the answer is not much. So the, again, all the systems were built geared towards. Enterprise solutions—they were very dated, and you know the end result, whether it's for a small business or an individual, it was the same: lack of options that are expensive and clunky, and you know, basically the attitude was, you know, we see you building this when you when you sell it, call us, you know, and and we'll, and we'll be friends. So you know, through that journey, um, conceived of an idea uh, that ultimately resulted in us putting together um, a multiple employer plan for the angel capital association on a national level. So that would that was, that was the best possible th- solution at the time. And th- there, there's moving pieces and parts to that. You have to get a legal opinion that it's a, uh, an employer group, but you take a look at, at any given point, there's, you know, 20 plus thousand companies that have no economies of scale. So just looked at that, but that, that multiple employer plan, that was the best thing available. And that kind of started that whole, you know, thought in my mind that there has to be a better way. So, you know, fast forward a few years, met Pete and Lowell who were co-founders and Lowell started a, founded a, a company called Inspira, which was a directionally correct version of what we're doing here. Same problem. though. So, built on an old transfer agency system that they didn't own. It would, you know, clunky tech. It would never be prime time. It would never do what, what the value prop is that we give to our clients. So at the time, Pete was also a consultant. I was a consultant to it. We, we delivered kind of a message to the majority owners that, like, you're directionally correct, but this is never going to get there. You need to start over, modern tech, ground up. And they uh, didn't want to do it. Um, so we left and started IRE logics.
2: Wow. No, that's, that's really cool. So when you started it, um, you know, obviously you realized that there was, you know, the industry was ripe for this technology. Was there any sort of like, you know, anxiety that came with introducing a new technology to an industry that in many ways is, uh, obsolete's not the right word, but you know, um, not necessarily ahead of its time.
0: Stoic. Let's call it stoic. Um, (laughs) yes, uh. So not only new tech, also a new business model, the way we, the way we operate, it's, it's somewhere between tech enabled services and SaaS. So we pro- basically provide our platform on a, on a white label basis. And it's an end to end platform. That's everything from the account holder view into the system, our clients view into the system and it performs all the functions. So complete turnkey. We're the powered by at the bottom of the screen. Typically the end user doesn't know we exist. So that's a new approach because we're actually operating on behalf of our client that took some getting used to for the industry so that was a part of you know the you know the the last seven years was you know one becoming accepted as a new technology but it also a new business model that is to your point selling into a pretty staid and stoic you know industry so that you know i, I, I kind of joke with people it's like you know why is this taking so long i said i don't know you tell me how long it takes to do something that's never been done before right i i don't know yes there's some there was some i wouldn't say resistance just reluctance and again getting back to your dealing with other people's money that's that's how you have to approach innovation and you know as we started knocking down bigger and bigger logos you know, we've become more and more adopted and then really like the COVID era has, I, I, I think, cemented that.
2: Right. Do you think that COVID, you know, opened up a lot of folks' mindsets to working with you that maybe they wouldn't have been before, right? Because like it, it was this wave of this necessity that is technology come March of 2020. I, you know, do you think there was a lot of mindset shifts there?
0: Probably. I, I can't point to it and say, yeah, that's it. But th- just the shift to remote work and just everyone all of a sudden re- becoming very reliant on technology, I think that changed a lot of minds just in general. You pick an industry. I, I think you've seen it across the board.
2: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, no, that was fascinating hearing about your, um you know, kind of your, your growth journey, Joe. Well, you know, at... IRA Logix you guys are you know going from strength to strength you're redefining the industry it's really cool to learn about all this and present it to our, our B2B you know founders and executives tuning in you know b- before we get into some of your thoughts on the future of this space and all of the cool things coming down the pipeline for IRA Logix you know i guess if if somebody's tuning in, let's say the founder of a B two B company or a senior executive that you know
0: might be a good fit to work with you,
2: you know, just tell us how can IRA Logics help their business?
0: Yeah, so one of the cool things, personally, I think is cool. Uh, we're actually watching from the driver's seat our clients change the way they view their footprint and the business in general uh, because we're enabling them to make money. And again, providing a high-level service where they hadn't before. So basically, uh, you, you just throw it out very simply: is all right, tell me where you're, tell me where your pain points are, and here here's that product. It's like again, keep keep everything, keep keep the client, keep the revenue, keep the uh, AUM, and get rid of the costs associated with it. And then and then look at where look at the places you might not have been able to look at before. So at you know it, it's we we don't necessarily sell cost reduction we we sell we sell revenue we sell we sell advancement, so we're we're we, you know we're growing footprints while we're reducing cost, sure um, but that that's that's where our our clients find the value is finding business where they had not been able to before yeah,
2: right on, right on, Joe well, you know as you said, you're experiencing some monumental growth. You know, you started the company seven years ago, which sounds like a long time, but I'm I, assuming there's more work to be done in redefining the IRA industry. So, you know, kind of what's on your radar over the next few years with regard to IRA logics addressing some of the problems within this space?
0: Yeah. So it, it's actually on the go forward basis and where we're heading, it's bigger than the IRA market. So that's that was just our starting point. Getting back to what it was. That we built is the next generation platform to grow vertically integrated solutions on so you know ira's the ira segment is certainly not the only one with that challenge you know and and our clients you know want multiple products now so where we're where we're going is we're obviously we're going to continue to you know expand and, and and grow our market share within the ira space that's 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 our our beachfront uh, but we'll be moving into other verticals, and that can be taxable accounts, that can be next gen uh, HSAs, five twenty nines. Then there's the concentric circles of uh, addressable market outside of the U.S. There's a lot of countries that have you know similar tax advantage vehicles to the IRA, where we can you know bring the same sort of benefit to to those folks too.
2: Do you think that, you know, are, are some of those other like financial verticals, you know, aside from IRA uh, experiencing the same problems, you know, the lack of innovation that, that
0: IRA so. did? Yeah, sure. Do you have an HSA? No, I don't. Yeah. So m- most of those are built on old trust accounting systems. Uh, they're deposit based products. So that it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of almost a throwback to what the 401ks and IRAs were, you know, 30 years ago. That's a market, it's a growth market too, as as, as people are uh, starting to realize that's a pretty amazing savings vehicle. No different, you, you pick a vertical, they're, they're all struggling with the same sort of dated infrastructure that, you know, creates some pretty severe bottlenecks.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Well, um, you know, Joe, again, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I've, I've loved learning about everything cool that's going on with IRA logics. Um, you know, before we sign off here today, kind of what advice would you leave our listeners with who, you know, are thinking about their finances, they're thinking about their company, from the innovator's perspective, what would you leave them with today?
0: Oh, geez. From the innovator's perspective, uh, <laughs> you know, one, one of the things, my own personal measuring stick is not whether or not, you know, things are working is, you're ne- never going to be right. So, right. So like, you, you you if you're out raising money, you're putting together this five year forecast. everyone knows it's wrong, right? Just the measuring stick I always go off of is whether or not it's nuts. like you know, is it nuts to think that this is plausible right so from from the innovators side, you know it's take a take a realistic look at what it is you're trying to disrupt or change, and then take a look at your plan to get there if you can have a th- an objective third-party look at it and say, that's not nuts. You're probably onto something.
2: Well, this was, this was great, Joe. Uh, thanks so much for coming on Leaders of B2B. And obviously, um, you know, we'll provide links to IRA Logic so that listeners can check out the company. But thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast.
0: This has been great. No problem. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.